Hello, everybody. My name is Jaime Landeros from the Cantina MX podcast. This is episode 246. We just finished a doble jornada, and it's starting to paint a picture of what Guardianes 2020 season has in store for us. And we have five observations of match week five. The first one, there are three teams at 10 points, with America taking the top billing on goal differential. In second place is their crosstown rivals, Cruz Azul, followed by León. Anyways, before I go any further, let's welcome Joel. How are we doing, Joel? Joel, Jaime. Um, pretty good, pretty good. And interesting that in the top three, we have, uh, we have all three Mexican coaches. Although... Um, Cruz Azul's Siboldi, he's, he was born in Uruguay, but he has double nationality. But he's pretty much done his whole coaching career in Mexico. So I, I'll consider him a, a Mexican national. Um, well, he does have a nationality. So, I, I mean, not not a national, but but made in, made in Mex. Uh, and, and, yeah, and then, and then we have... Nacho, who for El León, and he's he's been doing really good this past. Well, since he's been with the Panzas Verdes, he's been doing good, <laughs> and he's the type of coach that you hear a lot of. Like, when I see complaints, I read complaints from Mexican fans. Like, uh, they don't go to Europe, or or they don't they don't leave Mex to learn. Well, Nacho did just that because he was he was assistant to to um oh man, what's his face <clears throat> Aguirre. Osasuna and Atletico de Madrid, and he coached a few games in La Liga, uh, you know, as interim, but he, but he was like, what, about six years. And so, comes back to Mex, we don't like him, man. And, <laughs> and uh, a, a lot of fans still don't like him, but he's, he's up there, man, he's fighting. And then Piojo, who just numbers alone, man, he's arguably the best coach right now, at least Maybe the last what four years, I would say, if if you were just to do his league league numbers, you know, for wins and and qualifying to Liguilla and and, and making it in finals and all that, uh, yeah, he's easily top two, and and I know the fans don't like him. They were it was trending for a while, Fera Piojo, because they lost to Querétaro four to one, but despite the loss, they're still in first place and. Uh, so it's it's a bit interesting, you know. Yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> America lost <clears throat> to Gallos, and yes. I didn't know that, but I was on Twitter and uh, Fuera Piojo started trending. <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on, man? I mean, this kid has the team in first place. Um. And you got, you want his head? It's like, come on, man. I don't think they've missed Liguilla with him. I don't think they've ever. Wow, really? Missed, missed a big, yeah. I don't think they have. I think the last time they missed it was with with um, so with La Volpe when he came in, and and then I think he he didn't 
you know, they were off by a few points, but yeah, he's very, very consistent guy, and uh, but we'll see what happens, man. I, I do think he should leave Max. You know, <laughs> leave, it's that saying: you you die a hero or or live long enough to become the villain. So he could leave leave Liga MX a hero or or stay there long enough to be a you know, uh, and then hate 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 is probably the the key word for today. It'll come up again. It'll come up again. We need, did you ever see uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse? Uh, and they'll have like a... No. I mean, I used to uh, watch you're the... Too young, wait. You're I watched too the young. movie, though. I watched the movie. <laughs> this dude would have like his show in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, and they'll have a word and be like, oh, today's key word. And so anytime anyone brought it up, all his furniture would start yelling. So it was like all animated. You know, like the Sia had a face and the drawers oh, okay. would talk. And... Okay. Yeah, hate, but hate is today's word. It's, 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 yeah, today's podcast brought to you by the word hate and the number five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny because America had that, that tough game or that, you know, the, the upset rather. And, uh, I believe they bounced back after that. Or they, because it was a double jornada, so they beat, they beat uh, Santos on on Thursday, and then they lost to Querétaro on on Sunday. Um, and then you have León, who played on Monday and and beat Tijuana. And then yeah, like you mentioned, you have uh, Cruz Azul kind of just staying afloat, man. You know they they had a great campaign last year. They were in first place before the league got canceled, and yes, they're continuing to be the most consistent team so far yeah very close very close and then they did play that one final um not too long ago so they're they're at the you know they're so close yet so far but they're they're trying to break that what what is it 17 years now without a league title uh but but they're there and i, I do think Siboldi Siboldi is is a good coach he's been at it for a while there in mexico um you know, because he he did start at uh, he did start at Cruz Azul. He was a, he was coaching there. I think it was second or third division. Cruz Azul Jaso. He coached Cruz Azul Hidalgo, uh, and then he was at Dorados de Sinaloa. But and you know he started in '06. Uh, you know, so he's coaching these teams, and then he disappeared after Sinaloa, wow. which was 2012. He didn't resurface till. 2017, 2018, when he becomes champion at Santos Laguna. And then uh, he goes to Tiburones. I'm still, I don't know why he did that. He probably was doing someone a favor. Uh, <laughs> that's almost career suicide right there. Uh, but he goes to Tiburones and, and you know, the disaster that was. And then yeah. he, he's, he's back at Cruz Azul. But I would say, I would say just judging by how he coached Santos that season and how they won the championship I, th- I think he demonstrated a lot and he's continuing to show that at Cruz Azul wow yeah I mean the question will be who is going to lead them to the promised land you know they've gotten close many many times but they 
they just can't seem to to get the carrot that's um, dangling in front of them. <laughs> um, but yeah. hey, why not go full circle now that we have Dena available again? <laughs> Hey man, go full nah, circle, you know. <laughs> he, he won't be able to. The rule is, uh, if you coached during the season, you can't coach until the next. So you you, you can't. He won't. He won't be. Oh, able is that to. true? Yeah. So oh, you, I didn't know that. You, yeah, you can't coach more than one team a season. So, but but I think if, if we're looking at at you know the way some of the teams are, I think it's it's kind of poised for them. You know, it's. It's almost the table is set. You have a Monterrey that's not doing good. Tigres that's also not, they don't seem as strong as they've, they've shown to be. Mm. You know, and then America, yes, they are in first place, but they've been susceptible to a couple defeats there. Uh, you know, they didn't look too good in the preseason. It, it is preseason, but still, you know, I think uh, that's why the fans are still like, you know, kind of salty. But but I do think, you know, if, if we top to bottom, we're looking at the teams, and like you said, consistency is key right there. I think Cruz Azul, if, if they manage it right, this could be their year, man. We'll see what happens. Um, also, hiding right below the, uh, the three-way tie for first place, Bumas remaining the only team. That is undefeated right now. Um, it looks like the interim coach Andres Lini has been handed the reins. The fans aren't happy. And the club is not investing. Yeah. And it's... it's uh, This guy just seemed to have come out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> Nobody, he was coaching the youth. He was coaching the youth team. And uh, Michel had to leave. He didn't want to leave his mom alone in Spain mm. due to the COVID. So he, he just checked out, man. And then Pumas, well, they don't have enough money. We talked about it here that supposedly they offered Gonzo Pineda, you know, the reins. And he's like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool over here in Seattle, man. Uh, or wherever he is in MLS. And he just turned them down. And so, but Ilini, or Lilini, or this guy, he is Lilini. undefeated <laughs> and uh, after, <laughs> after five games. And, and it's, I guess he earned it, you know? I guess he earned, he earned the, the, the reins of the first team. And I was looking at his, uh, at his record, uh, his coaching, and he's, he's been at it for a, a cool minute. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn. It kind of reminds me of, um, Ole, uh, Ole Gunner from Manchester United. He was the interim coach, but they had such a great finish to the season and they beat, they upset PSG in the champions league that, you know, they said, Ole, take the wheel. You know, you're the coach now. And, <laughs> you know, I remember Rio Ferdinand just being the biggest advocate for, for Ole Gunner, and uh, now you know. Fast forward to 2020, like it, they they crashed out of the Europa League semifinals against Sevilla, 
and uh you know the fans are kind of starting to turn on him and they're starting to realize that you know man you know they're just being cheap you know they're not actually trying to trying to hire someone that's going to cost them a lot of money yeah. and i kind of feel like that's the same situation with <clears throat> with Bumas. yeah and what Bumas has been trying to kickstart their youth and and depend on the youth for other cantera which for many years especially like in the 80s 90s they were the top they were the top cantera all, all of the all of the big names were coming out of unam talking about hugo sanchez claudio suarez and and a, a long list of, of players so so here's a little bit of lee lee me i don't know how to pronounce this uh it's probably italian l-i-l-l-i-n-i uh but he so he was at pumas working the youth so this guy's been around for a while and he's in max i never heard of him but in 2001 he was at morelia he was he was uh you know working with morelia behind the scenes and then from 2007 to 2011 he was working as coordinator for the youth at boca juniors uh 2000 11 to 2014, uh, again working with youth, but this time with CSKA Moscow, uh, and and uh, and then he came, and I think he coached in 2017 in Colombia, Club Universidad Nacional. Wait, no, no wait, that's Pumas. <laughs> I was confusing them for the other Nacional. Uh, Wait, wait, where is it? He, he, no, he came, let me see. Yeah, in 17. So he's been at Pumas for the past three years. Oh. He came to Pumas as, as a thing. But before that, he was an assistant coach in, uh, in, I believe in Chile. San huh. Luis de Quillota as a team. It sounds like a, those, those back. Road towns, you know, <laughs> tumbleweeds. But <laughs> nothing there, man. But I guess he was coaching. He was coaching for a cool minute, and uh, he was also assistant coach in Argentina for uh, Gimnasia y Esgrima de Jujuy. So I guess, uh, yeah, this guy's been working for a cool twenty years. So Pumas is his big, his big shot, and he's. So far, he's taking good advantage of it, man. He's undefeated, fourth place, not bad. Yeah, you can you can probably say that they are going to be the uh, the dark horse, maybe of the tournament. I don't know. I guess maybe they can't be because they're they're undefeated. But they weren't a team going into the season that we thought, oh, okay, you know, they're going to be they're going to be up there in the in the top because they didn't have. Such a great season last <clears throat> season. It, it didn't, but they do seem to have a secret weapon, and we'll mention it later. <laughs> you know what's funny? While we're talking on Pumas, the the ex-head coach, Miguel Michel Gonzalez, said that there's plenty of Mexican players that could play in Europe and that Rodolfo Pizarro made a mistake in his career by moving from Monterrey to the MLS. And he said that he'd like to play in Europe in the future and that 
joining David Beckham's Inter Miami increase his chances of making that happen? Oh, I mean, sorry, that's what Pisaro said. You know that he that was his yeah he was his um explanation or his argument of, of why he made the move. But then Gonzalez says that I think Pisaro, with full disrespect, has missed a great opportunity to stay in Liga Mekis or go to Europe because I think the MLS right now doesn't have the level and he's a great player that can keep growing. Um, and he also said that he left the club for personal reasons and then he named off a few other prospects, JJ Macias, Sebastian Cordoba, Jesus Gallardo, Andres Iniesta from Pumas would do well um, in Europe because of their football ability. But I think they have to change their mentality. In Mexico, they compete in the games. But in Europe, they compete in training. And from the first day, you have to have yeah. the mentality that training, that the training session is like a game. So those are some of his comments. Um, I think he's spot on, I, though. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I think I think we, I, I think something that with with Pizarro saying about a better chance of, of going to Europe from MLS. I, and I think a lot of it is the monetary because in Liga MX, I mean, I knew that door closed when Chivas bought him at like, what, 17 million, whatever it was. <laughs> it was and ridiculous. I knew they weren't going to sell him for anything. Well, I mean, why would you sell him for less, you know? Yeah. Or that much less. You don't, you don't pay all that money. And then, you know, and, um, you don't buy a car for for 20 k let's just say, and then a year later you're selling it for for five. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just and 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 so I think I think that's that's along the line, especially after and then going to Monterrey that was willing to pay that much money, and then Chivas recoups, and 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 then uh, Monterrey didn't really sell them; they did have the 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 clausula, right? That that Miami took advantage of and they, they played they paid the clausula. And so I think I think that was probably the I'm I'm guessing that was like Beckham's promise was like if if there's a good offer, help us here for a year or two and then if there's a good offer we, we could take that. We'll we'll take that cut, you know? Yeah. We'll sell you for cheap and, and we'll allow you to leave. And I do feel I think that's that's more along the lines of it. But um, you're not going to hear the players talking about the whole, you know, the money side of the game. They they always it's rare you you don't really hear them talk about um, just about that stuff. They just tend to ignore it for. I guess there's many reasons for that. Yeah, and um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about some prospects and how they haven't panned out later on in the show. Um, but we want to talk about our third observation of match week five. I mean, do we even have to say it's Atlas are the only club <laughs> without a victory? <laughs> and uh, congratulations on their 104 years. <laughs> Man, what a way to celebrate in last place. Ouch. It's like throwing... That's like... You know, when you throw the birthday party and no one shows up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture right there with a cake and the hat and a, no one went, dude. 
So their their uh, their birthday was on August fifteenth. They were founded in nineteen sixteen, and their only title was in nineteen fifty one. Yeah, and and that that team was when when they came into the picture, you know, uh, they had money. The Academicos, they were called, and and. A lot of their players had had gone to England to study. Man, and you're going way back then when you had to take a boat, and it took like three months. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and 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 a lot of back then, if you were playing football, it was like majority. You know, majority of people that played football. It was like for people with money. Uh, the the rules were in English. They, of course, came from England, the rule books. Uh, and then if you bought equipment, it also came from England. It wasn't like now you could just go to the local soccer shop and buy buy whatever you need. You had to get it custom made. And, and England was one of the places that, that, you know, you needed the tacos, the shoes, you needed the uniforms. Uh, and, and, yeah, even, even from other countries – like Juventus, for example, uh, they had ordered their uniform, and you know, from England, and then England sent them the, they sent them the wrong one. They, they, <laughs> they, because they were pink, like kind of like Palermo, with oh, wow. black and pink. Yeah, and they they sent them the, the striped black and white, and that's that's how they ended up just keeping it. And but that was back then, man. And and I don't know what happened throughout the years. A lot of mismanagement. They were also the last, the last of the, of the true clubs in Mexico. You know, we call them clubs, but none of them have been clubs for a long time, where it's their actual members. Chivas mm-hmm. and Atlas were like the last two, uh, and then when Vergara bought him, it stopped being a club. You know, because now it's owned by a, by a company, and then Atlas was left and. Cruz Azul might has kind of weird just because they're they're owned by a company, but the company is owned by people. It's it's yeah, a little it's confusing kind of sketch. There. Yeah, but but as far as club club, and then Cruz Azul came to the picture like in the '60s, which uh, a lot of that stuff was no longer like like the way it used to be, where it's, it was a club and and it was like the neighborhood club, and and they had all these sports. You know, basketball and whatever, and soccer will be one of them. But, but yeah, Atlas, man, it's hard fall, and they've been at the bottom. They say there's no once you're at the bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up. But this, they, <laughs> they just they can't seem to move, man. Yeah, they um they haven't really made much progress. They uh just can't find the victory, and they, I mean, it's not like they're playing. Some world beaters here. They lost to Cholos. They lost to uh, Pumas. Then they tied with Atleti. They tied with um, some other team as well. And then they they lost to uh, Toluca. So, I mean, we picked on them pretty hard last week. Um, <laughs> no surprise there, though. They're kind of going to be the ongoing joke for the rest of the season. Um, let's talk about some goal scores. 
we have three strikers. Observation number four. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Ol. Three strikers tied with five goals each. So Juan Ignacio, uh, the Neno. <laughs> uh, we have, of course, Gignac, Alexis Canelo. And uh, with three goals, we have Federico Viñas, Jonathan Rodriguez, Fernando Gorrián, and Santiago Ormeño. So uh, a lot of goals, huh? I mean, that's not bad. You're back, basically averaging a goal a game. Yeah, and well, see, and this is, I was talking about Puma's secret weapon, and that would be Juan Dineno, and he's Argentine, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, this is his first season at Pumas, nine appearances, eight goals. I guess he, he, he must have came in uh, last, last season before it got, it got suspended. So, I mean, nine appearances, eight goals, this guy's been on point. And if we look at his career, it, it just looks lackluster, you know? Yeah, he I've started off at Racing Club, Argentina. Then he was at Temperley, which it doesn't even sound like a soccer club. <laughs> sounds like a, some... I don't know what it sounds like. But it's, uh, he was at Aldo Civi on loan. And then, well, even, even on Temperley, he was on loan. He's been on loan for... for let me see. He spent about five years on loan. So, um, pretty, kind of like couch surfing. Aldo Civi. Then he was at Deportivo Cuenca. He was at Barcelona de Guayaquil. <laughs> Deportivo Cali. Who are these clubs? At Pumas. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know half. I've never heard of some of these clubs, man. Well, yeah, Cali, Colombian, Guayaquil. I know it's... Uh, it's in Ecuador, Cuenca. It's uh, Ecuadorian as well. Wow. Let me see, Aldo Civi. Barcelona. Uh, yeah, Aldo Civi, it's, it's in Argentine, but mm. I, are they like in second division? That's what third? I'm saying. Like, they sound like a second division club. But I think, they, I think they are in the first division. This is like an amateur team. <laughs> My question <laughs> is, how Sundays do you... Uh, like, Liga Mekis, without failure, always finds these obscure players that just <laughs> n- never, I've never heard of them. They've been in the freaking, like, I don't know, just, I don't know how they just, I don't know if they just take a bunch of players' names in a hat. They kind of just grab, you know, are they from Argentina? <laughs> just, all right, cool. And then, all right, like, um, what was that one player? Ore Miao, or what was his name? The... <laughs> What, what team was he in? Cruz Azul. It was like he, his last name was like Ori Meow or something, and it was just like, bro, who is this guy? <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. But Dineno, well, he's twenty five. So I mean, if he if he maintains, if he maintains, you know, how he's playing and scoring, he could be making some pretty cool money right there in Mexico. I think, uh, you know, he finally came to be. But there's one thing that's that's important here, uh, and that's that he, he's been playing now, you know, since he was about, what, 19, I guess. He's, he's 
consistently just been playing. And that's that's why, you know, it's what we lack with a lot of Mexican players. They don't get to debut till they're like 22, <laughs> 23, <laughs> man. Like the the average 19-year-old Mexican guy is going to have like maybe 10 games. Yeah. This dude has the appearances, uh, yeah, like over 200 and in diff- just different leagues. But he's been straight hustling for all these years. And it's it makes him a better player than if you're just playing with reservas or playing the cantera or, or you know playing Copa MX for just getting off of the bench and playing like twenty minutes. Um, funny that you mentioned that Chivas already hit the thousand minute threshold. That for some reason everyone keeps forgetting about. I don't even know if they're still enforcing it. With the youth. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, so they're actually the first club to reach a thousand minutes. Um, veinte once, Cholos and Chivas are the only teams to reach the arbitrary a thousand minutes. Oh man, surprises Cholos and not like Pachuca or Atlas, right? Because I feel like yeah, I feel like Cholos are sometimes they line up with like no Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just going back on the strikers, these yes. top three. So we have two Argentines and a Frenchman. And uh, so Gignac's what he's up there in age, right? He's like 35. Um, and then we have Canelo, who I think he's been at Toluca. And uh, no surprise there. But but then uh, with three goals, like following, following these guys, uh, there's a couple more strikers with three goals each. And it's uh, Federico Viñas, uh, Uruguayan, Jonathan Rodriguez, Uruguayan. I think Orillán is also, if he's not Uruguayan, he's Argentine. And then we have Santiago Ormeño, the one Mexican. And uh, he's he's had like a pretty pretty interesting like career thing. He only has three goals, so who knows? Hopefully he could he could maintain. But he's 26. Mm. He's 26. And, uh, yeah, he's barely becoming three goals in eight games. Not so bad. But, I mean, so this is his career, man. And so just just to compare, right, we're comparing with Dindeño, who's 25. And, and we saw he has, like, appearances, like, over 200. So here's, here's uh, Ormeño's career. 2017, he was at... Pioneros de Cancun. The fuck uh, is then that? He, he only, <laughs> Are they like a beach they sound team? Like, like a band. Are they a beach they, team? They're eating shrimps and they're, they're, they're playing cumbias or something. Uh, <laughs> and then he was at Lobos Buap. And he played two games there. Wow. Scored one goal. And then he was at Cusco. Is that Peru? In, in, uh, wow. in Peru. Peru. He left to Peru on loan. Wow. Two games. Scores a goal again. And then 2020, he's uh he's at Puebla where he has eight games and three goals. And it's he's 26, man. Six I foot know, one. Man. But it's like this guy's barely getting his career on our start. <laughs> he has 25 appearances, man. Uh and oh, in, in just in first division. And it's like that's man. That's not even first division. That Cancun team is in the third tier in Mexico. <laughs> With, yeah, and, and and so, but but it's interesting. Uh, 
this dude came out of America. He was mm. with the youth division at America. And uh and then uh he was also he was also at Pumas for a while but and um so it's it's you know, we're kind of seeing now why because like you're looking at Dinero and it's like we really don't need to bring in and I would say with all due respect strikers like that. Like it, Mex could create those type of players, but they don't Yeah. You know, we don't give them an opportunity. We don't we we, we sit them down and we bury them. Uh this one dude on Twitter was comparing the career of Chevy. I don't know if you saw it. Uh Chevy Martinez, the Chivas striker. Uh-huh. To the one, I think he's Japanese oh, yeah. kid who's was... owned by Real Madrid. Yeah. I um I was actually going to talk about that or segue into it. The Guardian okay. in 2018, they put a list of the top 60, um, you know, biggest youth youth talents. Yeah. And the only Mexican that showed up on the list was Sebastian Chevy Martinez, and he was alongside the the guy, um, the Japanese player, Take Fusakubo, and somebody on Twitter actually broke down like their trajectory since that article um, and how different their careers have been since that article was posted. You know, Google was, was uh, purchased by Real Madrid and he immediately was loaned out to Mallorca and he was basically an undisputed starter. And then Chevy Martinez was still, you know, in the youth side for Chivas and he hadn't really made a, his professional debut yet. Uh, apart from some minutes in like the Copa Mekis. And then a year later, when they're both 19, Gubo goes to Villarreal and he gets not just Liga, La Liga minutes, he gets Copa del Rey minutes and Europa League. Um, meanwhile, Chevy Martinez barely made his first division debut, but he mainly played in the expansion league. And uh, basically, what this guy is saying is that. You know, what a drastic difference the the development of our players, our jewels versus, you know, some other, some other uh, leagues yeah. and, and and federations. Man, it's just it's sad. Which, yeah, it's the it's the playing time. That's what it's come down to. Because we see a lot of youth teams, Mexico, a lot of the Mexico youth teams go out and do really well. The different categories under seventeen, under twenty. Under 23, they, they do extremely well. But when those players return, they just get, you know, sidelined. And then you don't hear about them anymore. And, and in other countries that they don't have as many uh, foreigners, well, I mean, all those players are getting, are getting more and more playing time. And that's ultimately, that's what's going to help you de- develop. Uh, I, I know, and I've gotten this argument with uh, the other guys about that the coaching is subpar or is not that good. And I, I disagree, man, because we've seen we've seen many players that were developed in Mexico go abroad and 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 do really well. Pavel Pardo, when he went to went to went to Germany and he, and he you know won a league title, Chicharro left and and off the bat he was scoring goals at at Man United. You know he didn't they didn't need to send him on loan to to the Dutch league to two years so he could learn how to head and kick the ball properly. He he did it off the bat, so to me, that's always been the, you know, what's held uh, the the 
Max from developing more talent, just the lack of playing time, which is, uh, I think, for Chivas Hermanos, the good news is they brought back Tapatio, and uh, they're playing in second division, but the Tapatio was always pretty much, that's where you sent your top Cantera players, and, and uh, they had, it was just, it's way more competitive than playing the under 20 and and the reserve and all that. It's, it's you know, in the second division, it's, it's you know, that's, it, a, that's a good. It's crazy because I remember at one point in time, Chivas actually did the opposite. They were, they were uh, throwing these kids out to the lines. This was during the, you know, the recession of Chivas when they were almost borderline getting relegated. They were in a tough time. I remember right after they sold Chicharro, they just threw in Gubo and he immediately started producing results. But then, you know, they started to, to, to label him as the next Chicharito. And I think the expectations of an 18 year old kid yeah. to, to, you know, lead us to same, victory was just too much. Same with, same with uh, El Huero Fierro. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he debuted pretty young and, they were already also tagging him as the next, the next big thing, and that also. Yeah. But but I think what what Chivas what's hindered a lot of these guys, is the you know the constant shuffling of coaches and oh yeah of course and tactics and playing systems and mm-hmm. and just a lack of uh structure a, and a planification you know like yeah. like okay this is this is how we're gonna carry the team and so yeah yeah like if you see some of these players. And then how many coaches they had in that short time span? It's it's no no it's bueno. Yeah, and then you know I actually looked at Fierro's career. He's like one of the few. <laughs> he's like one of the few players that won the World Cup, uh, the under seventeen one that mm-hmm. actually um, got like over a hundred caps in the in the first division. Yeah, but and then he, when he has. He has the league title with Chivas. He was uh, he was there in the doblete season. Was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, he played in the final. Um, and then I remember we just went through like Michel Vasquez, Granados. We went through like a bunch of strikers, man, and like they were just <laughs> not ready for that kind of. I mean, look at uh, Godinez and and. Um, you know, Cis- yeah. Cisneros, Saldivar. Well, yeah, they're, they're we... throwing these guys at 21, 22. Yeah. And it's like, by that age, they should already have over 100 caps, not not just you have five games and there's this short season and you better produce or not, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then we had, like, literally, like, the worst coaches. We had that one guy that was the assistant coach of Mexico. What was the guy's name? That guy was, like, he, he just looked like he was drunk 24-7. <laughs> and and he was our he was our coach. He was La Volpe's. What's he La Volpe? No, he no. was Sven Goran. I think he worked with both. I think it was with Sven Goran. Paco he's, Ramirez, he's that, bro. He you he take one look he at Paco slapped Ramirez. Frankie Hey dude on the face, bro. <laughs> Just looking at this guy, he looks like he's drunk, like twenty four seven. He looks like a villain from the Fifth Element movie. <laughs> like the little, he had the little thing by his. Like his beard, he, he looks like a sci-fi villain of us. Yeah, um, we uh, switching gears. We actually had a fifth observation this week that kind of ties into Chivas a little bit. Uh what's going on with Marco Fabian, Joel? 
Oh man, we saw, we all saw that picture. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, you could Google Marco Fabian uh, Juarez. Juarez. Yeah, it's it's actually it's, uh, the thumbnail of our, of our last episode. So, yeah. They, yeah, and he just looks depressed, man. <laughs> and uh, you know, this guy went from Germany to to MLS, where I'm assuming he was making some pretty good cheddar, and now he's at he's one of the low clubs in. Uh, Liga MX, man, one of the bottom feeders, and and he was talking about how there's there's just too much jealousy in Max, man. So I don't know if he's you um you wrote this down. You said that he was uh he was doing an interview. Yeah, on YouTube. So <laughs> which is funny. It's 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 sort of like. You're not even being interviewed in, in the ESPN or the I actually or the Televisa. Now you're. I want to see like, Maybe we could get him in the podcast, man. <laughs> He's falling low enough. I think we have budget for that. Oh <laughs> man, you know. He's starting to become accessible. Um. So yeah, you wrote you wrote down that. Uh, he said this. I've always said it. Something that manifests a lot in Mexico is jealousy and envy. The Juarez striker said during an interview on YouTube, this isn't just football, but in any field, in any job, anytime, there is someone that stands out. There will always be why and questioning and jealousy and hate and envy. In Mexico, we can't just support each other or be happy that someone triumphs or say, look, he is Mexican and we can back him up because he represents me because I'm Mexican. For example, if a doctor stands out, we don't say, wow, Mexico has the best doctor. On the contrary, we say he is the best because he has connections or he was helped or paid. We always question and we don't value. Man, he was. <laughs> Tell me how you yeah, really feel, Fabian. You, you know, he mentioned Chichero as well. He says oh. how, how much hate Chichero gets. He does get Even though he played in Man U and... Real Madrid and says fans can't be happy for that, and that that you know they they have to compare him to to Jimenez and and yeah, but he he was unleashing man, and there is a little bit of truth to what he says. I remember Hugo Sanchez uh, years ago saying that he says if you ask the Brazilian who the best player is, they'll tell you Pele. If you ask the Argentine, they would say Maradona. If you ask Mexicans. They're not gonna say Hugo Sanchez, <laughs> and it's and it's I I I could say I it is I guess a lot of times we do lack a bit of that of that pride sometimes we don't we, we don't or yeah we don't just have it sometimes to say it's it's you know we we like to knock down our heroes man it's I guess like the piñata culture man I, I remember <laughs> as a kid they. As a kid, I remember they they got me a Chapulín, dude, and you know, as a kid, Chapulín, that's that's the Avengers right there, and I was all happy, <laughs> and I didn't know, man. And then after, after, you know, during the party, they hang him up on a rope, and my cousins are beating the shit out of him with a stick, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? That's, that's Chapulín, dude. Why are you, why are you killing this dude, man? And uh, that's that's kind of. Where it is, dude, with, with, we like to, you know, be at Cuauhtémoc, Comarques, whoever. We eventually just like to destroy our heroes, man. I, uh, 
was just quickly YouTubing this video. Zaba Live. He's a YouTuber with half a million subscribers, and he was able to get Marco Fabian on the on a. On okay, a con- we're on not a... we're not that far off. <laughs> and uh, he actually also did a interview with ESPN Deportes, and he said that Chivas me buscó, pero no hubo oferta. So he kind of talked about how because people were asking him why he didn't go back to Chivas, so. Looks like they decided not to offer him a, a deal. The thing is, there's not even money involved. He was a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's not like they were negotiating just, like a transfer fee. You know, they probably just didn't want to pay him. <laughs> they want, yeah, so who knows what, what Juarez is paying him. I thought Juarez, he has more, you know, it's, it's anywhere close to what Chivas could muster. So who knows, man? He's probably making like... I mean, I have no idea. He's not making a million, though. There's no way he's making a million. Some sometimes they get, you know, you have like promoters and whatnot that, and and especially like Fabian, where it's like, okay, then it's important you play because the longer you're out of it, you know, your stock drops. So at least try to get in a half a half a good season, and then we could we could see what's going on there, but. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't think the club is paying him. Has he that um, much? I don't think he's played yet, right? Because he didn't play against Chivas, and um, I mean, I don't really follow Juarez, so I'm not <gasps> sure if he already made his debut. But I, I think we would have heard about it if he did. They're they're using him for like supermarket openings and <laughs> meet and greets. <laughs> oh man. You know what's crazy? Um, kind of going back to Chicharito a little bit. Sevilla uh, defeated Manchester United. They're in the final in the Europa League. And if they end up winning the Europa League, Chicharito will be getting some silverware. He actually uh, was involved in the in the campaign. Yeah. He actually scored, right? He scored in the... Yeah, I think he scored two goals during the group stage, but given that he played group stage, there will be a medal for him. I mean, they made the final, so he's getting at least that second place he's medal. That, he's getting that you know, uh, sil- the silver least, or the gold, man. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Um, dude, already won without playing. He's winning, dude. Yeah, I actually... I actually did watch both of those games. Um, Sevilla beating Manchester United. Manchester United always find a way to to lose things. But uh, the other game, the the Inter Milan game, uh, they played Shakhtar. They're a team from the Ukraine. Uh, Nandy Castell used to play there. And Inter Milan, I'm looking at the players. I'm like, wait a minute. Ashley Young, Lukaku... And uh, Alexis Sanchez, I'm like, uh, bro, this is Manchester United players. Like, it's <laughs> it's like you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they were all EPL. It's 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 funny. Former um, Sevilla have won this tournament. I, I I lost count of how many times. So I would not be surprised if Javier does end up getting some. Some gold in the mail. If he, 
imagine, yeah, you get that gold medal if I'm Chicharo, I would put put the medal on and, and go to the Galaxy training wearing that medal. <laughs> Say, hey guys, uh, look, look what my former teammates do for me, man. <laughs> you guys can't give me one decent pass. You know, I said I was gonna, I was gonna come to LA and win some silverware, and well, here you go. <laughs> I can't, I would just wear it, dude. I wear it for a whole week. I actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I kn- I used to know this, this older guy, he used to be my, my coach, and he went on like a marathon, he, he ran a uh, half a marathon. And he got third place, and that guy was so proud. And he wore that 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 bronze medal for like a week straight, bro. I'm like, yo, <laughs> it was a half a marathon, bro. Chill, bro. Chill. Um, but I'm sure Javier will. He'll he'll probably he'll 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 probably bring it up in his you know Naked Humans blog or something. Um, you know he left prematurely from Sevilla, but it is what it is. Uh, we actually have some pretty big news that was uh, announced uh, yesterday. We actually have some FIFA FIFA fechas for Mexico, and we just lost Joel. Uh, Costa Rica will be Mexico's. Fr- we got Joel back. I uh, yeah, I, I couldn't hear you. Oh, so I thought you dropped, but I was like, let me just reconnect. You can hear me, right? I could hear you. Okay. Yeah, so Mexico finally has some some dates. So there will be uh two matches. One will be on September 30th in the Estadio Azteca, <clears throat> Mexico versus Costa Rica. These are just Wait, friend- wait you said dates. So you're talking about World Cup qualifying? These are friendlies. Or... Oh, friendly. So okay. So we have a Costa Rica friendly uh September 30th and then another friendly on October 7th will be playing in Amsterdam against Holland. So good games. Good games. I can't remember the last Mexico game that I watched. You know, it's, I feel like it's been forever since since we saw them play. Oh and, man, same here. And on top of that, they followed up with dates for World Cup qualifying. So we're going to have Jamaica uh on in June of 2021. Costa Rica, and then we still have some TBDs. Um, but World Cup qualifying, man, it's going to start next year. I'm kind of curious how that's going to work with the Olympics too, because they're going to do them next year as well. So it's going to be a busy it's like jornada dobles, man. <laughs> international, international soccer jornada dobles. They're gonna... Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Se se montonó, you know congested calendar there yeah but i'm sure tata martino is planning it all out man yeah i mean i'm sure he's um i wonder what he's been up to this whole time (laughs) (laughs) hey he's getting paid dude sweet job man he's just he's just binge watching stuff and binge watching (laughs) took up cooking classes i don't know man I just know it's a sweet cake for him. Yeah, a lot's going to happen between now and 2021. Um, but, you know, looking looking for the Qatar World Cup, I mean, we still don't have a goalkeeper to replace Ochoa, man. And I'm like, I mean, he can, he can probably do another World Cup, but 
you got to have at least some some runners up, man. You got to have someone trying to trying to take the spot away from him. But I don't see anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not too worried for this. I would be for the next for the next cycle, but for this one, and you know, uh, and if what's his face Kota could, you know, and but you also have that other guy. Um, Goddamn, se me olvida el nombre. He's been like the, he's been the forever supplanted dude. He was at Toluca. Talavera. Um, there you go. I don't even. Is yeah, Talas Talas pretty decent dude. He's he's been at it for years. I think Talavera is older than Ochoa, man. He's thirty. Let me see. Goalkeepers, man. He's thirty-seven. Didn't didn't um. Conejo, dude, will bring him back out oh, of retirement. God. That dude, that dude delivers, dude. Chewy Corona. Cone- <laughs> Conejo, Soros Rex. Yeah. Yeah, Chewy, I mean, they're old, but, but I mean, you're just standing there most of the time, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, well, I mean, Ochoa, for America at least, he hasn't been doing so well, so. You know, no, but but the selection he delivers, man. That, that's one thing about Ochoa, man. He puts on that headband, and he, <laughs> you know, it's it's rare, it's rare to see him have like a bad game. He's he's pretty much he's been on point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I still want someone to step up to the plate and be like, "Yo, I'm the next guy," you know, because the the goalkeeper position for Mexico has always been. One of the most marketable, like, player, you know, like, before Ochoa, you know, you had Osvaldo, and he was, like, the poster boy. And before that, it was El Brody Campos, you know? So, like, the goalkeeper position has always been sort of, like, iconic. And you might not be able to name too many players, but you can always remember who was our goalie for, like, the World Cup, you know? Because that... They've established themselves. They're they're someone that you're that are familiar. They're always going to be in the lineup. So it's Ochoa's been there forever, man. It's just like it's time, man. It's time to carry, you know, have somebody else carry the torch. But I don't really see anybody making a name for themselves at this point. I would probably rate Tonio Rodriguez uh, as number two. He's been really good for Chivas, but and there's the kid that was a Veracruz I forget his name he's oh, a Cruz Azul now Jurado Jurado there you go mm-hmm. and he's he's, he's kind also of a punk, though. he's kind of a he's punk. got some stuff but <laughs> I, 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 he, he shouldn't have gone to Cruz Azul though not not with Chuy Corona there you know I, I think he should have gone <clears throat> to a team where he's you know the undisputed starter Mazatlan any team doesn't matter just get the playing time yeah, yeah. He was doing so well at Veracruz because they were, you know, he was busy every that's, every that's, game. That's the best practice, man. 50 shots on goal every day. It's like when Ochoa uh, was every, at Axio. Every match. You know? Axio had, like, the worst defense in the French League, and he was, that's how he got so good. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like the dude that goes to jail and, you know, you keep getting beat. But after you know a couple of fights, you eventually gonna start winning some. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> just... Oh man, we're actually gonna be heading into Jornada Seis uh, tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. Uh, we have where is it Necaxa versus Santos kicking us off. 
um, and then Juarez León. So some pretty good games there, I guess, if you are got nothing to do on a Friday. Yeah, I'm not, not too, they don't really appeal to me, those games. What's, they're what's all, in the agenda for Saturday? They're all kind of bottom feeder teams. Juarez is 13th, Santos is 14th, Necaxa 16th. So, I mean, um, then after that, we'll have Saturday at 3 p.m., Atlas Querétaro, which I think is a weird time to play. Atlas usually play like at nighttime. I don't know why they're playing at three in the afternoon. Weird. Uh, Tigres Pumas. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. Rayados versus yes. America. Oof. Wow. And then uh, on Sunday we have way more games. Oh no, we have three. Toluca, Chivas, Atlético Cruz Azul. Tijuana and Puebla. And uh, I'm actually kind of nervous for Toluca, man. They they actually looked really good against Tigres. They beat him 3-2. Um, and they have Chepo. They have Chepo, yeah. Chepo Guardiola. I was seeing the, the stats. I was looking at the stat nerds. And right at the three, just three games into the season, and Chivas had the, like, the least... Because they had zero goals. Mm-hmm. So they were the, obviously the team that was creating the least amount of chances. And the team that was creating the most chances was Toluca. Oh, shit. Now, I, don't know which, I don't know which team it is now because two more, it could have changed. But, I mean, I, I do think Chepo has been slowly turning things around for, for Toluca, man. Because, uh, you know, before he came in, this is the team that was getting washed at home by MLS teams. Kansas City, man. How do you lose 4 (laughs) 0 to Kansas City? Go home. And especially at, you know. Oh, wait, they were home. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That's one of the hardest venues. That's one of the most difficult venues because of the, the, you know, they're they're higher than Mech City. Yeah. And and so, man, to get beat like that, it's like, ah, but but I think. Chepo is a good coach. I know. I know a lot of people don't like him. Uh, too defensive, or they still hate what happened at the selection. But I mean, his whole like if you were to see his whole career, his numbers, dude. He's he's one of the better coaches uh, as far as like just getting uh, good results. Like at Chivas too, he was always having the team uh, qualifying. You know, he was always taking you to Liguilla, taking you to semis. And uh, very few coaches could do that, but I do think uh, slowly turning things around at at Toluca, which uh, which was their what was it their centenario not too long ago? They had all these festivals planned. No, they remodeled their stadium and they, you know, uh, they just they just it, yeah they had their yeah. their hundred year anniversary. Well, this was back in 2017, but they got their yeah, their stadium but, got a facelift. Yeah, they were just, you know, they were, like, setting up to, to have this. And, and uh, I guess, I guess like, renovate the team or whatnot, and they just came crashing down. But I think, uh, I do think Chep's going to put him in the right path. At least, at least he's going to have them, you know, being a, a competitive team again and, and uh, Liguilla bound. Yeah, I mean, Toluca, 
I think is always a team that deserves or demands respect just because of what they did in like the late nineties, early two thousands, man. They were just so dominant. Um, and you would hate to get matched up with them in, in Ligia. Many times they uh they had Chios's number, man. And yeah, that's what made that Juan Campeonato the extra nicer was mm-hmm. and beating them at their home, dude. Oh, man, yeah. just super satisfying. That was sweet right there, man. Yeah. Um and then he ends up getting canned and then going to Toluca and winning some more <laughs> silverware. So <laughs> Chepo's uh I think he's had a good run with Toluca. We'll see what happens, you know. It's kind of interesting the fact that he got rid of Talavera and he traded him for for another goalkeeper, so but they do have Sambu Sambu continuing to get employed. Sambu. I don't know. Yeah, how. it could be just like the team <laughs> politics sometimes, you know, because you have players that end up becoming too influential mm. or having too much control of the locker room, and it's like why? why they could. What is it with uh, with players like Sambuesa who like just notorious for being a troublemaker? Man, I mean, I I lost count of how many teams he's he's been passed over to. You you know, obviously he had that that really long time with America, but even America got tired of him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> he went to America and then, uh, went to Toluca, then Leon. And I think Leon even announced his arrival with naming <clears throat> one of the Cubs or not one of the Cubs, one of the Tigers, like Sambu. That's how they announced his arrival and then immediately got uh, sent to Pachuca on loan. <laughs> like he only had one season with them and then, like, all right, you, that's enough. You can you can leave. I think it's just their personality and, and they just, for whatever reason, takes him a long time maybe to see that, you know, they're, they're just harming themselves. Both of Bautista, Cuauhtémo Blanco were... Very much the same way. If you look at Cuauhtémoc's career, he was all over the place. Like, he should have been a guy. He should have been the equivalent of Messi at Barca. You know, he should have never left America. Mm. He should have done his whole career there. And he would have had some very impressive numbers. And he was at Santos. He was at, at Veracruz, Necaxa, uh, Chicago Fire. He was just, like, all over the place. And he would always deliver, man. And but but you know people get tired of your shit because you know it's just some of these dudes messing around a lot or just causing problems or they get to this point where they're just too influential and they could turn the whole team team against you. I see. And and yeah, you know, it's it's all that could cost money if you're gonna rebuild the team or whatever. It, it could just you take a hit. Uh, and and so both are the same. When yeah. he was at Chivas, and people like to blame the coach, and I'm like, dude, if you look, if you look, no other big team would take him. Once he leaves Chivas, he then he said Chapas, he said Chivas USA. He was uh, indoor soccer, mm-hmm. and he was playing like in the Swami parking lot. I was going to all <laughs> over, man, and, and and it's like it's sad because he's one of the you know very very talented player, and he should have. He should have been at, you know, at, at a top club. If, if Chivas was like, okay, there are too much problems, you could have had a Cruz Azul, you know, or or a Tigres, Monterrey teams that are at least gonna pay him. 
top dollar and he could have gone there, but just you're, dude, you're at Chapas, a club that's no longer around. Yeah. I know, man. Um, I just feel like uh, for some reason the coaches in Mexico don't really possess the ability to, to know how to, I don't know, how to handle these well, players. Because, I mean, you look at like someone uh, like Sir Alex Ferguson, man. That guy, he was able to manage some of the biggest, you know, like egos in the in yeah. the game with like David Beckham, no. for example, and Cristiano Ronaldo, and he was able no, to. It's, it's, I agree, but it's it's give and take because Buse, I'm pre- I think it was Buse that had him at Pachuca, and he won a league title with with Pachuca, and, and right after winning it, that's when he he's like, get rid of this guy, man. Wow, he's gonna give us more problems. And I think that's when he goes to Chivas, but but I do think, uh, I mean, it 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 depends because because even you saw Pep got rid of Slatan, man. He was like, he had him just that one season, and then he's like, <laughs> you know, get rid of this dude. I think same reason he got rid of like, uh, it, I don't know if it was him. It's been so long. Cause it was like uh, Eto and and Ronaldinho. I I think it depends when when because these guys would meet and talk, and then they're like. I'm just not going to get through to this guy. Because, I mean, like if Buse felt that way, this is the same Buse that ended up coaching Ronaldinho at Querétaro. Yeah. And he he had a, he managed to do a good job with that. I think for certain players, you just, you just kind of have to know how they, how they tick, you know? And, and then you kind of use that to motivate them, you know, I think like it takes like a really great coach to, to be able to figure out, you know, how to get the best out of a player that, you know, likes to party, you know, like, uh, like for example, Dennis Rodman, you know, they, they knew that he had to get that party thing out of his system. So they, they'll let him fly out to Vegas, part of his balls off. And then he'll come back to training, like super ready to go. You know, it's just like some players, they just got to have that, you know, and then they'll give you, they'll give you 110%. But again, it takes like some of the top coaches to, to kind of figure that out. Um, I'm going to throw a name at you and see if it rings a bell. Espiricueta. Do you remember that kid? Yeah. From the youth, right? From Mm -hmm. the, uh, what's it? Under 17. Espiricueta. Jonathan, uh, after, what he he came out of Tigres, then he went to uh, was it Porto or Villarreal? Um, he's actually now officially joined Atlético Veracruz. So, R.I.P. to his career. Liga de Expansión. Yeah, he won the. He was in the 2011. Uh, so he was with Fierro. Yeah. Wow. He. Man. He, he he won the. And he's twenty six. That's that's still young, you know. He scored uh, the Olympic goal against Alemania. He uh, off the corner kick. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, in the semis. Yes. And uh, I just looked up his his trajectory. So he was at Tigres, and then he uh, he got loaned out to Villarreal B, and then Atlético San Luis, and then. Puebla. So now he's not even good enough. He's playing. Huh? Well, he's playing at Puebla though, right? He's... No, he just he just joined uh 
a new club. Oh, he was, wait, I'm looking at his thing. He was at Puebla since 2018, so the past in two years, he only got eight games. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah, man. He probably <sighs> plays himself like on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> He put, he put himself in Barcelona. Or he put something. himself in the like career mode where you like you know you create a player, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he he did the thing where you put like ninety nine as your stats for everything ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. Oh man! <laughs> oh, that's messed up, man. It sucks because I mean, Govea, he's like another player that like you know, it's just like talented, just. They just don't pan out, man. No, well, I mean, and, and for some of them, it's lack of playing time, and then for others, it just goes to their head, and then they just, you know, they just don't seem to try as hard, or they feel like I already made it. Maybe Mexico just peaks at teenage, you know, like we're really good at the Dang. the youth team, the youth, the youth tournaments, bro. We're like the we're like the Brazil of like the under seventeens, bro. <laughs> We got like, like we got like what two or three World Cups, man. It's just like, but then it's like the it's like the hot chick that she she's prom queen, but then she's pregnant like soon after, <laughs> <laughs> and she just gets hella fat. She gets hella fat, bro. You're like, what the Pops hell? Up two three kids. There, it's like there goes your modeling career, man. What happened to you? You look like you ate your pregnant self, and this is the re- <laughs> this is the result, man. <laughs> Oh, damn. Yeah. That's what Mexico is. Uh, ouch. I don't know, man. I mean, we produce a a world-class player every, like, 20 years, it feels like. <laughs> you know, Hugo Sanchez, yeah. Rafa Marquez, and Chicharito, those are, those are, I don't care what you said, those are world-class players, man, but. I, I think Cuauhtémoc was right up there. Yeah. To me, Cuauhtémoc, what he did with the Selección, I think beating Brazil, because that was in the Gold Cup. The... And and Mex had never beaten Brazil in an official game. You mean the Confederation Cup? No, 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 Gold Cup. Oh, Gold Cup. Uh, the the Gold Cup ninety. No, because ninety five. It was in oh. ninety five, and uh, it was Bora as coach, and and Cuauhtémoc was right there, and he, very young guy. Yeah. But but Mex had no official win over Brazil. Like they never, and that was like wow. official tournament. So to lift a cup, beating Brazil, it was like, you know, it was like one of the first big results. But it's it's like showing, hey, you could beat Brazil. And uh, granted, it wasn't like their full team, but you're getting wins, man. You're racking them up. And then you do get the Confederation Cup, which was three years later. No, nine, four, four years, X-99. And that was the other big win. And so I think, you know, you kind of set a precedent. It's like, hey, we, we, we could beat these fools, you know? We, Brazil, we're, we're no longer, you know, you don't see the, the Verde Marela and get scared. It was like, hey, we bring it, you know? And I think that's, that's a big reason then when you have 05, the youth team, they've seen Mexico beat Brazil. And then when they go and they, the 05, the under 17, and they, they beat they beat Brazil, and then they, they're winning a youth tournament. And now it's like you're seeing a big change. And I think he was a part of that, you know, of, of what helped Mexico get to that to that level. 
and, and you see it again at the Olympics, which was huge. And by the time I remember, I'm watching the Olympics and I felt positive, man. I was like, Brazil, oh, we got it, man. Yeah. We, we play our game. We, I mean, how many times can you say that, you know, when, yeah. when, when you see Max playing? And that's in Brazil, dude. It's, it's one of the best teams, historic teams. And to be able to say that, and to me, it, it started there, man. It started at that Gold Cup. And wow. I, think I, I actually looked it up. 96 was the year. Oh, I was 96, man. Luis Garcia so, and Cuauhtémoc Blanco, 2-0. Yeah. Okay, I remember it rained that day, and I heard it on the radio. It was at the Coliseum, the true Azteca del Norte. It was raining heavy that day. and um, 88,000. You had to, you know, if you bought the ticket, that's the only way you could see the game. Uh, unless you had those giant parabolicas and get the max feed. <laughs> but I was, I was stuck to the radio, man. Old school, like like old school, just hearing it on the radio. Dang. And the next day at school, it was like, you know, all the kids that liked football were all just, just bragging and shit. But, but yeah, so ninety six to ninety nine, three years. So in like in three years, he beat them twice in official tournaments and gave Mexico two. You know. Yeah, the Confederation Cup, nineteen ninety nine, man. And that was, I mean, sadly, the people got rid of it. But that was one of our, one of Mexico's big, you know, cost to fame to have, to have an official cup like that. But who knows, man? They might bring it back. Um, but still, it's on the record, man. I stop. Are they, are they discontinuing the Confederation Cup? They I, did because they're going to do the... League of Nations I shit? I think they're going to... No, the club, FIFA Clubs World Cup. Oh, they're gonna make it more into a bigger tournament. Mm. Uh, the 2021 tournament was originally to be held in Qatar. However, concerns arouse arose surrounding their high temperatures, so they will be moving it to another country. What, wait, confederations? Wait, hold on. I'm reading it on Wikipedia. Because I heard. You know how Wikipedia, like, as you're reading an article, somebody's editing it, so. <laughs> oh, it looks like they're going to be abolishing it. And they're going to do a 24-team FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah, see. But what does that have to um, do with the Confederations Cup? I don't understand. Well, because FIFA organizes it. Yeah, but so I mean, like, club and country are, want... are separate, you know? I guess they just want to make sure that teams, you know, they just don't want don't want too many games on the calendar. And I, I guess see. it's like, we need to make room. And it's one of, one of these tournaments I, has to go. I've always felt like the Confederations Cup has always been the, the dress rehearsal for the World Cup. You know, you can kind of get in a, a look. Uh, into yeah, it. yeah. However, it's funny because the teams that end up winning the Confederations Cup end up being cursed. They end up getting... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brazil, I think they won the Confederations Cup. Then, you know, they got they got that 7-1 defeat against Germany. Then I think Germany won the Confederations Cup and then crashed out against uh, Korea. So. And Mex. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with... with Costa Rica. Costa Rica is not the same Costa Rica 
you know, from 2014. So I think Mexico, especially in El Azteca, they should be they should be pretty comfortable. I will say though, it's going to be pretty haunting to, you know, if you're if you're a fan, if you're a player, you know, you're used to having La Azteca packed, you know, eighty eight thousand, and uh, it's going to be empty. So it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> it will be. They could they could they could do those. Uh, uh, what was it that they were doing? The video. Oh yeah, the video. The video with the with the dude putting his junk. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> you can do more video. I wonder more if. Video. I wonder, you know, if they'll they'll put the fake crowd noise and then if they'll continue to to put the chant <laughs> when the <laughs> when the goalkeeper. Oh, hey, that's the that's the one thing, man. The chant, might people might forget it. Oh man, maybe you know, that. It's been so long. What what did we used to yell? <laughs> you know. People eventually stop chanting chiquiti boom. Chiquiti boom a la bim bombade. We might go the way of the chiquiti boom. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, Jaime? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Um yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that we were gonna cover this this week. Uh the doble jornada going into jornada six. Chivas are number nine. Not where we wanna be, but you know, twelve out of the out of the eighteen teams will make the Liga. Um, oh, there is one thing that I wanted to let everybody know. Uh, Amazon picked Chivas up for a all or nothing season, so they're actually recording it. Um, oh, nice! It's actually going going underway right now, so pretty cool. Um, I think it's funny that. They did an all or nothing, uh, you know, uh, season for Dortmunds, and then like in the first in the first episode, it was like them watching oh. them watching Leon play, and uh, yeah. it was Macias scoring goals. And then in the little in the little photo that was leaked um, for the Chivas all or nothing thing, it was Macias who was getting interviewed. So it's like, huh, this camera crew must be like, yo, uh, Dortmund was talking about you. You know, not too long ago. What happened to that? <laughs> yeah, very good observation there, Jaime. I wonder if there's anything to it, even though recently they haven't been named as one of the teams. No. They... Right? It's been Real Sociedad and I guess some French team. But uh, yeah, they... yeah I imagine Storman they... swoops up and, and we see it on Amazon. That would be, they ended that would up, be something uh... else, man. They they ended up signing Holland, so I think that's what happened with with the Macias thing. Is like they ended up getting Holland, and Holland's been amazing for Dortmund. So, but who knows? You know, if they plan on like selling him, they can still have Macias as a as a backup. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they will sell him, man. Uh, you know, two years, two years max. Oh yeah. Afuera. Yeah, he'll end up. Uh, He'll end up uh, going to a big club. Um, somewhat related, Cavani, who was rumored to go to MLS, ends up signing for Benfica, ten million a season. So, wow. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like we lost. I would have loved to see Cavani play. Right. I would have. Yeah. I would. I think he could have played for like a, a America or like a. You know what I mean? Like, 
There's there's yeah, cl- there's ten cl- million man. Start start to match those wages. I think the highest is at about five or six, which what they pay on Guignac. Mm. That's almost double, man. Uh, yeah, I, still far from that. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of money. I mean to still be playing in in Europe competitively, that's that's pretty that's a pretty good deal. I think he was going into uh, Inter Miami demanding like like fifteen or so. like he asked for like a ridiculous amount of money. That's why he ended up not going to Inter Miami. But they were heavily pursuing him. Um, yeah, he would have been a great capture. Yeah, but they got Pizarro. They got El Bukis. <laughs> <laughs> the next best thing. Uh, but yeah, well, Jaime, I'm a tonkir porque me pegan. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, thank you for for spending time with us, all the listeners out there, and I hope everybody has a good night. Cheers.